my god jonah it's been two weeks welcome back has it only been two weeks it feels like so much longer i think i think it's been it it feels like it's been a while but it has not been that long Um, Uh, like okay so the reason it's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded is oh wait hold on Welcome to the Rewind, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Keenan. I'm Jonah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jonah has a couple of things. Well, I, let me first stop and say, or ask, how is your week going? Uh, it's, uh, oh my God, I don't even want to verbalize this because it has been the slowest week at work ever. Like, I've been like, you have a task, you have something for me to do. Like, I literally have nothing on my plate right now. Please, I got to put something on this work log or they're going to, like, think I'm stealing time or whatever. So that, like, comprehensive social media plan that I've been, like, not able to do for two years, I put a huge dent into it today. Oh, yay. Uh, Catching like, up on some long-term projects, huh? Yes, yes. I was, I was feeling very, uh, I was super zoned in. And I was like, I don't have to think about anything else but this. So it felt really good. I felt super accomplished, which was in my horoscope today. Oh, you know, I haven't checked mine in so long. There was a, there was a time, like, earlier in the summer where I was checking it regularly, like, every day. And it seemed, it felt very on point. And I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of addictive. And so I'd wake up and I'd check my horoscope and I just kind of wait to see how, like I'd either check it at the top of the day and mm-hmm. see and kind of keep it in mind, in the back of my mind to yes. see and watch for the things that it says would happen. Or if I don't read it until that evening or like that night, I I like, well, did this happen? Did this happen? I reflect on the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's I'm super bad at listening to them. But there's a, a podcast called It's Whatever Your Sign Is Today. So I'm, I like I'm Gemini today. And they do one every day and it's very like soothing. It's a great way to start your morning. If you can just manage to listen to that podcast at the top of your day, it's a good one. Or if you want to use it to reflect on your day, it will be very calming. Unless you had a chaotic day, you don't want all that go to bed with all that on your mind i guess so is gemini your sign yes i'm a gemini okay i don't know enough about gemini to know like what that means for you everyone says that we're bipolar but it really means that we're adaptable we can kind of shape and mold and multi-dimensional yeah we can we can bob and weave and (laughs) And do all the things and occupy the spaces that need to be occupied. Well, I'm Aquarius, and that just means that I am um, pretty independent and to myself and mm-hmm. <laughs> okay with being that way. <laughs> My, I'm an Aquarius moon. 
So, like, you have different signs, you know, like, based on, so, like, based on the time I was born and where I was born, I was able to, like, put in some kind of chart and find out it was an Aquarius moon. Hmm. I'm going to check out and see what my moon is. It's fun stuff. It is very fun. (laughs) Astrology! I love it. I know. It's so fun. Okay. So, um, Jonah, tell them about this bonus episode. Um, okay. So this episode is a little bit different from what we've been, um, giving you because we ran into a bit of an issue, uh, with our tech and this is sort of, we just thought that we would take a break from uh, while we figure out the issues with the episodes we've already recorded uh, and just give you guys like some fun bonus content. Uh, and in, in this episode, we wanted to kind of talk about old TV shows, other old TV shows that we liked respectively, um, that we would love to see make a comeback. So maybe old TV shows that have, that went off the air or like were canceled before we feel like they should have been. Um, and, and just kind of, you know, bring them back and give them a little bit of a um, recognition and, and share with each other, like what those shows meant to us and a little bit about like the synopsis and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm really excited about it. And just to touch on a bit of like, the tech issues. So Skype has been like hitting us with shade. And as I download the episodes after we have recorded them, I'll go back and edit. Well, somehow those files are missing huge chunks of audio. Like I think one missed like a whole 20 minute conversation in the middle of an episode. Yeah. It's like, it just goes mute. It's like it, you you can we record video of these in in and audio and I think it happens in both audio and video file right Keenan mm-hmm. yeah well Skype only gives you the video and uh, and it when like when you Skype with video it's going to give mm. you a video okay yeah um, so we were lifting the audio from those video files and really not even doing that because we were just editing the actual files and then rendering the finished product as an MP3 instead of a, like an MP4 or an MOV file. And that is as techie as I personally get anything (laughs) beyond that uh, is out of my scope. Uh, So if there's anyone listening, that's like, I'm a whiz at sound and you want to like do us a solid (laughs) and edit these episodes. Or just shoot us, shoot us an email. Just tell us <laughs> what the hell we're doing wrong, or like some tips that you might have. If you, if you're tech savvy, you've done this kind of thing before. If you want to shoot us some pointers on how we can uh, correct the issue, because yeah. we really don't want to have to go back and re-record those episodes. <laughs> like I, like it's funny. Like I have no patience with tech at all. Um, which is funny because I'm a millennial. You think that we all would, but no, I uh, like actually right before this call, I was struggling just getting onto onto Zoom here um, to do this episode and having a little bit of a meltdown. Like I was texting Keenan the play by play as I was trying to like 
download Zoom and logging in. And I guess it was all like my computer just wasn't going fast enough. It's a it's a HP laptop. I'm not really used to a PC laptop. I'm used to Mac and uh, it's a lot slower than Mac. And I it's just not that immediate like um, uh, operate operating uh, process that I'm used to. And I was just having a moment of total meltdown and um, which was really because I'm just really sad because it's been a hard week because my, my dog has had to go to the hospital and get, have emergency surgery because he um, had a a enlarged bladder. um, He had a blockage because he had a shit ton of bladder stones. Like it was, insane the amount of bladder songs and he did not show symptoms until like it was the past easy. week and then yeah, he didn't get yeah. super like super symptomatic until like the day i took him to the hospital and that's when he just couldn't go to the bathroom at all and he was yelling while he was trying to go it was just so heartbreaking and i rushed him to the to the doggy the the vet and he uh and they were like okay we're gonna do surgery they did like x-rays and realized it was um his bladder was totally full poor little thing couldn't go to the bathroom he was in like misery and um and and then they had to do the surgery and now he's like he's there recovering for a few days uh with a catheter in um and i was hoping i get to bring him home today but he um, was having clotting issues, and so there were blood clots. Uh, I know this is a little bit graphic, but uh, this is all new. This is all new information for me. So I, you know what? Like they can skip this if they want to, but like as a friend, I want to know. So he was having these clots, and they were like coming through the catheter. And so when that happens, they have to flush out the catheter. And so that's not something you want happening after he comes home, because let me tell you. Yeah. If he were to throw a clot with me here, just taking care of him, I would just freak. I would freak out. I'm that parent. And um, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's fine. If you have to keep him on there, I'd rather him do that where he's like, he's resting easy. They said he was in no pain. He's got the good drugs. So he's a-okay and resting. Um, I'm actually kind of jealous. <laughs> but um, like he he's doing fine. He ate a little bit today. Um, it's just the, the clotting issue that they wanted yeah. to keep him another ish, another night to make sure that it doesn't, um, that there's no issues in that, uh, that area. Cause they had to, uh, and this is where it gets especially graphic. They had to insert or cut an incision, um, in his scrotum for a new urethra. Oh my God. I know, I know. Like, look, when they were telling me, when the vet was telling me what he was going to have to do, I was like, so you're going to cut his penis off? (laughs) And because I could have sworn that's what he said. And I was like, and so when the nurse came in, I was like, okay, wait. So the doctor just tell me that he's going to have to cut his penis off because I got to say I'm a little concerned about this. And he was like, they were like, no, no, she's, she said, no, it's not cutting his penis off. It's just um, going, because the, the, the urethra, it's so, it's such tiny anatomy. It's tiny anatomy on a human, because that little hole is tiny on a man. And on a dog, like his size, it's even smaller. So the stones have blocked 
that pole where he would pee. And it's essentially no longer usable. So they had to cut an incision below that in his scrotum so, towards, towards the bottom of his penis um, so that he can pee out of a new hole. They created a new pee hole, essentially. So wait, 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 wait. Are the stones currently, like, jammed in his urethra? Like, like so you remember? Yes. <laughs> Do you remember the other day when I was like, I like those strawberry things from Sonic, but like the the berries get stuck in the straw. They're <laughs> oh my god, that's no. literally that is literally so his, like, his berries got stra- like, stuck in his straw. Yes, yeah, so and exactly they can't that. go anywhere, and they can't remove them. No, apparently, I guess apparently they couldn't um, because oh of where my. they were at. So they have to leave the stones in there, and he said it's gonna crystallize to the bone. And I'm like, what? That sounds insane. I guess because it's such a sensitive area, like if they go to try to cut in there, it's just gonna mangle his poor little wee wee. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't know. It was just all like they were telling me all this news, and then they were like dropping the price tag on me at the same time. Oh. So I was just like, so much new information, like just at the same time, much. and I, I couldn't. I couldn't. And then meanwhile, he, the poor little thing had vomited twice since we had been there because he was that sick. He was shaking. He was covered in his own vomit. I was trying. He was looking up at me like, please help me. It was literally the most, it was the hardest day I've had, like, in such a long time of having to, I just wasn't sure how it was going to end. And um, this is why I'm not an animal person. (laughs) Uh, well, this is the biggest thing that we have had to deal with before. Like, like Messer is six years old. Um, fortunately, we've not run into any, like, significant medical issues with him yet. Um, I don't know why we keep saying we as if I have a partner. It's just me and him. So, <laughs> like, he and I <laughs> have not had, like, the like any issues before, even though he genetically he's pre- predisposed to have like a lot of um, like genetic issues that his line carries, um, his little doggy family. Um, but I'm not seeing any of that. And actually the vet, when he felt up his abdomen and it was so firm, he actually thought cancer until they did the x-rays and realized it was just because his bladder was like this. I'm making, for those who can't see, which is, I guess it was everyone, like I'm making yes, a very yes, small, like, very, very well-known as <laughs> not a visual a, a very, okay, it was very small, like this, you know, like a, like a, maybe it's supposed to be like, like golf ball size or like not much bigger than a golf ball is what his bladder should be. Maybe, maybe a tennis ball. No. I don't know. Anyway. I feel like it it's was bigger so, than my bladder. <laughs> it was so blown. I know, right? Same. It was so blown up. Like, if I show you, I can show you the image because I snuck it, I snuck a picture of it while they were up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wanted to see it. it. Like, I will send it to you. But, like, he showed me how small it should be. And then, and then the image shows how big it was, which it covered his whole lower back section of his abdomen. It was insanely huge. And then you can see all the little stones inside of there in his actually bladder. So in addition to them cutting into like a new urethra hole into the bottom of his scrotum, they also had to go in 
to the bladder, cut actually cut into the bladder and dig out those stones from there. It was it's it was an intense surgery. Oh my god, first of all, these are all like first time reactions people. I don't, <laughs> I didn't know all of the specifics. Uh, yeah. That, mm-mm. It's intense. No. No. I feel like if I go, yeah, I that's I can, that is exactly why I can't do pets. Yeah, it is it is I I want to say this to anyone listening who is thinking about getting a pet. You need to seriously stop and think about that decision. Think about it as if you are thinking about adopting a, a real human child because they require that that same love and affection and care. And if you're someone who's just going to abandon an animal because, and I'm not saying this is you, Keenan, I'm saying like there oh, are people. Get one. <laughs> right, exactly. Like there are people though who, who when it gets hard like that and super expensive, like this is going to be like, they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, I, never mind. You keep them. I can't afford that, or it's it's. I didn't sign up for this, and then abandon their animals at the vet. That or, happens. Oh yeah, yeah. People just abandon their dogs when, and their animals when they're sick, like because they don't want to deal with that, or because they can't afford it. So that's why I say you need to seriously think about if that is a responsibility that you're ready to have, um, and if you're if you can afford that, uh, if that happens, Messer was a free dog. <laughs> Someone let me adopt him for free, uh, which isn't necessarily encouraged because of, of things like this. Usually, um, like animal shelters and rescues ask for an adoption fee. So, cause that usually deters people who aren't, who are just half serious about it. Um, uh-huh. be- because a lot of people who, who aren't super serious about adopting animal, aren't going to pay the adoption fee to do it anyway. And so that deters, uh, weeds out a lot of people, just yes. that, that small little. If request. you're going to get a pet, adopt them. Yes, please adopt. Um, and I adopted the master. He was, he was free for me at the time. I, I would have never guessed like a few years on the road, it was going to cost yeah. 3000 plus dollars. Oh my God. <laughs> Also, there are some like there are pet insurances out there. I know, like at this point, it it doesn't help you, but yeah. to any listener that is looking to get a pet, like there is pet insurance. And I, when I worked at Home Depot, and I think even at T-Mobile, they had like pet insurance plans for employees. So, like, just like you could carry a kid on your insurance, like there were they offered pet insurance, which I thought was really cool and i had you know a roommate that had that for his dog so you know her you know that way she had her regular visits and her checkups and and all that jazz um i'll definitely i'm definitely going to look into insurance for him after after this um but fortunately the vet is working with me on payment plans because you know (laughs) like it, he had to have it. It's like it's a, I'm like, do whatever you got to do. I don't care if I have to sell an organ to pay for it. It's fine. That's my baby. I'll do it. I cannot look at him suffering in agony. He's like, and when they took him back, he looked at me like, where, where are we? 
where am I going, Dad? And why are you coming with me? It was the most pitiful little look. I was so sad. I got in my car and cried all the way home. Cried after I got home for a good like half hour or so. And I've been like a, a roller coaster of emotion since then, which is why right before this call, I had like a a total like um, like meltdown because I couldn't figure out how to get the zoom to operate. And that was like the final straw. <laughs> yeah, no, it was funny until it wasn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I was, cute at, like I was sitting getting audio notes and like I think you probably I was like super aggressive in the audio notes and I was like and then I realized how they sound. I'm like, oh my god, I hope he doesn't think I'm yelling at him right now. I'm just so frustrated. You would have gotten a very really. sharp phone call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know who you think I am. I will not sit here and be lectured. <laughs> oh yes. I will not here and be lectured oh, i had to do it i had to do it okay okay everyone so that's uh, that was pet parent <laughs> corner if you're gonna adopt an animal corner uh you know just think just, long and hard just some it. words of advice or again yeah plan look into pet insurance uh because yes. Wish I would have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think a lot of people know that it's a thing. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, I guess the only reason I I would have known it was the thing is I had coworkers that had it and had animals that had to have like really expensive surgeries that they paid like hundreds of dollars for instead of thousands of dollars. Uh, so I was like, I guess it pays for itself if you have, you know. Yeah, it's we, probably yeah. best for like old like pets with certain like conditions or disabilities that may be prone to a lot of vet visits or older pets, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's probably ideal for them. Yeah. Okay. So Keenan and I, um, this episode is a little bit different because we're not actually watching an episode and going through an episode and commentating on it. We're actually, uh, we've both chosen, um, old TV shows that we really liked. Um, that we would like to see make a comeback that we felt like were, um, you know, off the air, like, um, too soon, way too soon. Yeah. Um, and we just wanted to sort of like give those shows a, a shout out by, um, chatting about them. And, um, I and so you need to get that. <laughs> no, it was a text. I, I donated money to to the cause today, mm. and I was tricked into putting my cell phone number in. So now I'm getting oh no like, text messages I'm like oh these great things are happening, but we need more money. And it's like I don't have any more. Right, you took I'm it all. poor. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, I've gotten similar emails. That's, I haven't. They haven't got my phone number yet, but they definitely have my email. And they send me emails every day. Yeah. So we both selected shows for today that we're going to talk about, and my show is Firefly. Which is a Joss Whedon show 
Um, Joss Whedon, as you know, is the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series, uh, and Angel, the TV series, Dollhouse. He was a director uh, and writer for the Avengers, one of the, like some of the early Avengers movies. And um, what, why am I talking to them like they don't know who Joss Whedon is? We've just gone through like, oh. yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like we went yeah. through several Buffy episodes already. You know who Joel Sweden is. I, I shouldn't have to tell you. Um yeah. so um I wanna run through like a little bit of a synopsis of the show and then we'll talk about like some show facts and like why I love the show. I wanna talk about the characters and the cast a little bit. Um but um I I did something I don't normally do, which I which is Go to Wikipedia. Um, I'm, mm, I have certain feelings about Wikipedia. I've like I don't consider Wikipedia like a totally reliable source, but I do feel like over the years they've become pretty well vetted in terms of. It shouldn't be your primary source, right? Yeah, I think it's just because back in journalism school, like. My professor would have laughed me out of the classroom if I oh, had used course. Wikipedia as a, a source. And they had always steered us away from using that as a credible source because, you know, most anybody can edit yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia. And maybe that's changed since then. But um, but anyway, I think it's perfect for this kind of situation because they're, it's great for um, summarizing TV series and movies and stuff. And that's where I've gotten a pretty much all of this information about Firefly. So with that said, um, so Firefly is an American space Western drama television series created by writer and director Joel Sweden under his Mutant Enemy Productions label, which is the same label that he created Buffy and Angel and the shows under. Um, Whedon served as an executive producer along with Tim uh, Maneer, which I I feel like Tim Maneer probably, that name sounds so familiar. And I, I wonder if it's because we've we've seen his work on Buffy and Angel and maybe some of the other, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe, I'm, I'm not sure. I just felt like that name is really familiar. I didn't really look him up, but um, feel free to do that if you guys are that interested. Anyway, so the series is set in the year 2517. After the arrival of humans in a new star system, and it follows the adventures of the renegade crew of Serenity, uh, which is a Firefly-class spaceship. Um, So the ensemble cast portrays the nine characters who live on Serenity. And when we even pitched this show, he pitched it as, quote, nine people looking into the blackness of space and seeing nine different things, which I thought was a really interesting um, uh, take on, on an ensemble show. Um, and I think that is certainly on par with how, how those characters are portrayed and how that storyline is portrayed, um, because they all look they're all very different characters and they have like very different backgrounds. And um, so I think that that fits perfectly. So the show explores the lives of these people, some of whom fought on the losing side of a civil war who make a living on the fringes of society as part of 
the pioneer culture of their star system. In this future, the only two surviving superpowers, the United States and China, fused to form the central federal government called the Alliance, resulting in the fusion of the two cultures. And according to Weaving's vision, quote, nothing will change in the future. Technology will advance, but we will still have the same political, moral, and ethical problems as today. So, and you absolutely see that in this show. It's, um, it does such a great job of um, painting a new world uh, in the future, but still feeling like the same one in which we live. Um, so it's still very relatable. Uh, which I think is one of the reasons I really absorbed it the way that I did and and, and find it very um, endearing still to this day um, is because it was so relatable and it wasn't like a typical um, space show. I, I've never been a big fan of space shows. Um, I found them interesting, but I didn't latch on to Star Wars and Star Trek and um, you know, those kinds of shows, um, um, all, you know, Stargate SG one, like I remember all of those being on, like growing up around the same time, but, um, I just never got really into them, but this is a different kind of space show. It's a space Western. I also never really cared much for Western. So it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah. They like merge the two and like the two genres that I'm less likely to like really uh-huh. get into, like this show made me like really sucked me in right which you remember i was like it's a space western but i don't like westerns and i wasn't Uh, into it yeah 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 you you started it at my like uh constant beckoning (laughs) Um, okay like how far okay how many episodes did you get into it maybe three okay maybe three and did you watch it consistently or do you watch it like was it on in the background? I mean, I was watching the TV when it was on. I wasn't like cooking or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. I cuz it's definitely one of those shows where I feel like you you really have to tune in and stay tuned in because there's so like it's a world That's- totally different. It's like Star Wars in that way where it's like it has yeah. its own like um species and it's on uh you know like language and it's on um like mythology or whatever it's like a a whole different world from ours yeah. and um it's very easy to, to if you right if you don't pay attention it you could get lost really easily and it's, uh, littered it's also pe- yeah i'm sorry i was just saying it's littered with people that i love like actors oh yeah in the show i'm like i love all these people so I, I found that weird. I'll have to go, like, I'll have to, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting your story. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, I want this because I knew that you started watching it and then we never really talked about, like, how far you got into it and what you liked about it or what you didn't like about it. Um, I recognize it's not totally for everybody. I mean, it's just not going to oh, yeah. be everybody's thing. Um, even people who probably like space shows or Western shows, like, I'm sure some of them probably didn't care for it if they watched it but it did amass a cult following as a lot of joss whedon shows do and um and so that was interesting consider it was only on for the one season and that full season didn't even air um before it was canceled like i read only 11 of the 14 shows aired before it was chopped 
Chop asked. <laughs> yeah. You get it. <laughs> so speaking of the actors, um, let's talk about the characters on the show a little bit. Uh, these characters fight criminals and schemers, Alliance security forces, the utterly psychotic and brutal Reavers, and the mysterious men with, quote, hands of blue, who are apparently operatives of a secret agency, which is part of the mega corporation referred to in the TVD commentary only as the Blue Sun Corporation. Again, I feel like I get some red, um, some Resident Evil vibes there. <clears throat> so the crew is driven by the need to secure enough income to keep their ship operational, set against their need to keep a low profile to avoid their adversaries. Their situation is greatly complicated by the divergent motiva- motivations of the individuals on board Serenity, but complex characterization was hampered by the show's brief run. Um, so let's talk about the cast a little bit. Uh, the cast is very, um, it's it's a very um, talented cast you've definitely seen them before and things you've seen them in some other joss whedon series uh for instance nathan fillion uh he plays malcolm mal reynolds he is the owner and captain of serenity and a former independent sergeant in the in the pitiful, pivotal battle of serenity valley um and nathan fillion brings to this role that really a lovable wit and charm and um, sarcasm that you see him bring to roles like he did as um, uh, Keenan, the priest in Buffy. Um, I forget Caleb. Every time. Caleb, yes. <laughs> Keep on calling him Gabriel. Like, no. <laughs> Caleb, like like that character in season seven as a villain is Hold he's on. very witty and sarcastic. Hold on. What is that? What is what? I have a echo. Hello? I don't hear anything. Hello? Okay. Okay, sorry. I was like, after I spoke, I was like, oh, oh, that's creepy. Okay. (laughs) No. Oh, it ain't the ghost, is it? Something's something's in my house trying to get me. Mm -mm. All of a sudden, I'm going to say, I'll be like, Kita, what's up behind you? (laughs) Okay. Just Just gave me chills. Mm. okay i'm sorry okay are we good okay um so i and also the same kind of i mean it's the same kind of thing we see with with sarah michelle Gellar's buffy um like there's that that really witty sarcasm and banter that she has with like the people that she fights or the monsters and demons that she fights um and you see this a lot with nathan billion's character as mal um another great one to point out is gina torres uh who plays zoe aline washburn she is um nathan fillion's mal's second in command on board serenity and also a loyal wartime friend of captain reynolds um and she's she's 
super tough, very Amazon-like, uh, super independent, um, but also like endearingly sensitive, I think. Um, and we've also seen her before in Angel, in the TV series Angel, as Jasmine. Oh, what a glorious role. <laughs> Jasmine. Um, another one is Alan Tudyk. Uh, he plays Wash. And um, Zoe's lover, Gina Torres' lover. Um, and Maureen O'Bakran, who has started like the Deadpool movies as Ryan Reynolds characters, um, wife. Um, and like that, that short lived ABC series, um, V. Um, Adam Baldwin is another one of the Baldwin bros. Uh, he played Jane Cobb. He, he was a mercenary, uh, in the show. Uh, he's very likable and fun to watch. Um, Jewel State plays Kay Winnett, Lee, Kaylee Fry. Kaylee is very lovable. And here's the thing I like about Firefly, and maybe Keenan, you picked up on this a little bit in the few episodes that you watch, but you can really see a lot of the Buffy characters and these characters. Um, for instance, Kaylee gives me Willow vibes, like, because she's very, like, soft-spoken and super humble and very shy, um, like, painfully shy, um, but can be tough when she has to be. Um, she, she, her character is the ship's mechanic, so that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, she's the one who works on the ship. Um, so she's clearly really smart and techie. Um, so that's another kind of like Willow characteristic there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sean Marr, I think is how you say his name, plays Simon Tam. Uh, he's um, a trauma surgeon, um, but also the big brother to River Tam, played by Summer Glow, I think is how you say her name. Uh, and, and they are very mysterious. They, um, they, they are brother and sister. Um, she doesn't really speak. Um, she, or if she does, it's very brief. It's very short. Like, um, she's very quiet but, and very mysterious, but tough as hell. And she can fight like a crazy, like, assassin. And I think that is essentially in this show what they uh, reveal her to be, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry if I just spoiled that for you. Uh, but she is smuggled onto the ship by her brother. Um, and she's highly intelligent, compassionate, intuitive. She's a child prodigy, is how Wikipedia describes her. Um, experiments in invasive brain surgery at an Alliance secret facility left her delusional, paranoid, and at times violent though her uncanny ability to seemingly sense things before they happen leaves questions as to where the delusions and the reality begins for her. And the experiments seem to have made her a psychic. Um, the experiments also gave her a seemingly innate ability in hand-to-hand -hand combat, and she is capable of killing or inca incapacitating several opponents with ease. 
She gets frequent fits of anxiety and experiences post-traumatic flashbacks of her time in the Alliance facility. Her mental instability and uncanny abilities paired with several erratic and violent acts are a recurring source of fear and doubt among the crew, especially with Jane, whom she once slashed with a knife. Um, So her character is a really big part of this show and also a big part of the spinoff movie that comes a few years later called Serenity. Um, it's, she's, uh, she's a centerpiece um, of that movie and the show. Um, but you're not quite, it's not quite obvious at first. Then another character is, was play, is Daryl Book, played by Ron Glass. He is essentially a shepherd, which is basically like a pastor in this world. Um, and although presented as a devout Christian, Book has profound, unexplained knowledge about criminal activities, police corruption, and military strategy, tactics, and weapons. So one might say he's pretty all-around wise. Um, so, yeah, that is that is the, the characters in the cast. Um, they, I think they're, the show clearly was setting up a lot of like in-depth characterization with these people that they never really got to delve into more. I mean, you could tell they were really trying to set up a relationship between, like a romance between a couple of, like between Nathan Fillion's character and um, uh, Miranda Bachran's character um, that I, for a moment, was very much rooting for. but it just abruptly stopped with the, the series. However, regarding the fact, I mean, despite the fact that this show was cut very short, um, it's still a, a really a really fun watch. And the movie gives you more of a fulfilling sense of satisfaction. Um, it's a, it, it does a really good job of building on the series. Um, so I wanted to give a few facts about the show. Um, so Firefly premiered in the U.S. on the Fox Network on September 20th, 2002, which, if my calculations are correct, was right when the very last season of Buffy was starting to air. Because I think the season seven of Buffy ended in 2003, right? I'll I'll do that quick Google. Um, By mid-December, Firefly had averaged 4.7 million viewers per episode and was 98th in the Nielsen ratings. But it was canceled after 11 of the 14 produced episodes were aired. Despite the... Sorry, it was May of 2003. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Um... And despite the relatively short lifespan of the series, it received strong sales when it was released on DVD and has a large fan um, base. This was really interesting to note. Uh, Kind of a fun fact here. It won a Primetime Emmy Award in 2003 for 
outstanding special visual effects for a series. <laughs> like, isn't that crazy that it it didn't even oh, really wow. fully finish its like run with the first season before it was canceled, but it won an Emmy. Um, TV Guide also ranked the series at number five on their 2013 list of 60 shows that were quote canceled too soon. Um, and the post-airing success of the show led Whedon and Universal Pictures to produce Serenity, a 2005 film which continues from the story of the series and the Firefly franchise expanded to other media, including comics and a role-playing game. I'll have to look into that role-playing game. It sounds interesting. Um, so yeah, that's, that is Firefly. Um, and it's a really, it's one of those, it's a really great show to binge watch i think um because it is short it's just the one season uh and if you if you you know find the movie and watch the movie you don't feel like you were cheated as much by how brief the the season was um but i have read also when i was doing research for this i read that they are looking at possibly bringing firefly back um and doing a show, they were just trying to figure out how it would look in today's world. I'm like, well, it's set in the future, so I don't know that that really matters so much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, true. But I mean, I saw though I saw articles about that as early or yeah, as, as soon as 2019. So you know, maybe hmm. we will see Nathan Fillion and Gina Torres and you know all those guys back in action on the screen there and if it goes to like netflix or some kind of streaming show it may be even better than it was back then so um mm-hmm. would you hbo max oh yeah that budget would, would you, be banging would you be interested in like investing time and in finishing it if that were the case i i think if i think if i knew that they were going to get like a full to do I would probably revisit it. I, well, as far as HBO Max goes, with all the shit that's going on with uh, uh, Ray Fisher, <laughs> um, I don't know if HBO Max or anybody with Warner Brothers is is trying to deal with uh, Joss at the moment. Yeah. <sighs> um, but yeah, I give it a try. I feel like I'm smacking all my wine. I hope they can't hear it. Let's <laughs> do some good wine. It is. I'm boring tonight. I'm just drinking water. You've been emotional. Yeah, I probably shouldn't drink anything but water. I yes. need to refill my body with water because of all the tears I've cried over my wow. my pup. It's my house is so sad and lonely without him. It is just very. Uh, it's weird. It feels almost like a betrayal coming home without him. Um, it's it's hard to explain. It just feels unnatural. I mean, because when you, it's like having a roommate for six years and then suddenly them not being here and after being here every day for that long, it's just uh, it's so weird. I don't like it. Be glad when he can yeah. come home. <laughs> What's your show, Keenan? Oh, okay. So I thought long and hard about this, and then I did a little bit of Googling, because I'm like, there has to be something that I loved that was canceled too soon. And on a uh, 
BET list. It was an opinion article about 15 black TV shows that were canceled too soon. New York Undercover was on that list. So what I'm going to do tonight is take you through, um, through I'll, I'll credit all of my sources between the BET article and Wikipedia, Los Angeles Times, and a complex article. I'm going to tell you a tale about what they say was the best cop show that no one ever talks about. It's called New York Undercover. Police dramas have always been a staple on television for decades. But New York Undercover was a game changer by starring a cast with all people of color. Created by Dick Wolf and executive producer by uh, Uptown CEO Andre Hill, the series starred Malik Yoba. Girl. He was, and still is, a very, very gorgeous man. Uh, he was Detective J.C. Williams and Michael DeLorenzo. Sorry, as- Keenan. I don't see many Kiaga in your contacts. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, I- Siri decided that she had some shit to say. When I tell you, that scared the hell out of me for you because I, we just were talking about the ghosts making those creepy, like, echoey sounds, and then that voice comes. I'm like, what? I'm dead. No, okay. I was okay. I was on such a roll. I wasn't stumbling over any words or anything. Okay, sorry. Let me let me recompose myself after mentioning Malik Yoba's name. I had a moment. Okay. The series starred Malik Yoba as Detective J.C. Williams and Michael DeLorenzo as Detective Eddie Torres, two undercover detectives working in the 4th Precinct in New York City. Uh, rounding out the cast was Patty Darbonville Quinn as Lieutenant Virginia Cooper and Lauren Velez, who joined the cast uh, in the second season. Uh, I believe she was a detective named Nina Monroe, which I'll give you like a little bit of backstory on each of those people in a little bit. Um, Nina or Lauren Valles and JC Williams made it all the way through four seasons. Uh, Michael DeLorenzo did not make it past season three. <sighs> we'll, we'll continue. Uh, while action and storylines kept the audience uh, audience's attention, live music performances by R&B hip-hop artists uh, at Natalie's Nightclub kept the show uh, cutting edge. So they did the thing where at the end of, they solved the crime, and at the end of the episode, they're at Natalie's Nightclub, which was owned by a recurring guest star, Gladys Knight. Stop it! No. Who played the yeah. role as Natalie. So she was like a recurring, like there were so many different, um, like guest stars, but the best part about it is that on all of those scenes, you would have um, popular R&B and hip hop artists of the time performing uh, covers of like old R&B hits. So oh. it was this unique way of bringing generations into the same room because you're like, 
oh, like, this was my shit when I was younger, but, like, here's your, like, this person that you love singing it. And it, it, so it was a time between, like, 1994 and 1999, Thursday nights, it was, like, two hours of amazing Black television because you would have Martin and Living Single and then New York Undercover. And then that is where our TV was every Thursday night. So let's talk, let's go over the synopsis of the show. Uh, so in addition to all the main storylines uh, of the episode, so like, of course, Law & Order, you have the cases, and that's your storyline, right? Because uh, as we know, Dick Wolf of Law & Order fame, like these mm-hmm. cop shows are very formulaic. But um, the subplots of of this show, like explore the private lives of the characters. So like Malik Yoba's character is like a single father that just divorced. So he's raising his son. Um, JC, uh, the Torres de Lorenzo's character um, is dealing with all sorts of family drama. Like his dad had a drug addiction, was HIV positive, And it's like childhood friend became like a crime boss. Very tumultuous stories work for the time, but I think you couldn't do that now. Like, I don't know, but I, I just, it was still a, such a great show. And it, it was touching on a lot of things. You have, uh, I'm trying to catch my place. Was this like a one hour drama? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you have like your like, what, 42, 45 minute runtime with commercial, you know, and then your mm-hmm. commercials. So, yeah, like it was, it, it was like an hour long drama. Okay. So good. Um, so at the beginning of the third season, they bring in a new detective that's played by a guy named Jonathan Labaglia. And if you look him up, you will be like, oh, that guy. Because he's one of those actors. Mm. Um, so, but he's the white guy in the precinct now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, <clears throat> so he was brought in and then, uh, Torres and Moreno, uh, get married, but at the end of season three, Torres is killed. And I have to take an aside to talk about a little bit of the drama. Well, no, we'll get to the drama that led to the end of the show. So with the end of the show, they have Malik Yoba's character and, and, uh, Morena, who the now widow of Torres, is moved to another precinct. And the guy that played Tommy on Living Single <laughs> is now <laughs> he's now like running their department. And uh it was just weird. But I I remember that I actively stopped watching that show after they killed Torres. And I, I don't even remember there being a fourth season. Um so we're just gonna hit on a couple of the main Character, so we'll talk about uh, Malik Yoba's character, De Lorenzo's character, and Lauren Velez was Nina Moreno, just for time's sake. Everyone had such good storylines, but again, for time's sake, we're mm-hmm. you know, you guys can Google all this stuff. I I couldn't find where the show is streaming, but I think the box set's available. It's something that I don't think I've watched since it ran. And uh, I I would love to watch it again. Uh, so 
Malik Yoba as Detective Julius Clarence J.C. Williams, uh, is an African-American detective at the 4th Precinct. His son, uh, Gregory, whom he fathered as a teenager with then girlfriend, see how all of this stuff is very uh, <laughs> tropey, uh, <laughs> with his girlfriend, Chantel. Uh, uh, his partner, Eddie Torres, is his closest friend. Malik Yoba's character is the only one to appear in all 89 episodes of the show. Well, they almost made it to 100. Yeah. I didn't even look to see. Like, honestly, most of the... Uh, I don't think they really talk about season four much on <laughs> on uh, on this Wikipedia page. They're like, it's not it's not worth it. Michael De Lorenzo, who played de- uh, Detective Eduardo Eddie Torres, uh, born in the Bronx, Eddie is a Puerto Rican American detective. After years of estrangement from much of his immediate family, he formed close relationships with his brother Jimmy, who is a priest. His sister, Carmen, who is a journalist, and his father, Mike, a musician and recovering heroin addict. His uh, partner, J.C. Williams, is his closest friend. And at the end of the third season, Eddie is killed in the line of duty um, after his car's bomb. Like, the fuck? <laughs> his car was bombed. Oh, man. Uh, anyways, yeah. And then uh, we'll... Uh, who did he piss off (laughs) it was i mean he was that they were so the characters were like vice detectives so they were undercover cops oh okay they were in it with like the dirty dirty and all the Mm. the, like you know dealers and gun smugglers and shit uh let's see and nina morez sorry Lauren Valles, who played Detective Nina Moreno Torres. Her character is a Puerto Rican American. At the age of 16, she married her boyfriend, Luis, and gave birth to a daughter, uh, Melissa. She gave the girl up for adoption after Luis abandoned her. She later dated and married Eddie Torres, but was widowed soon after following his murder. Her mother is sergeant with the NYP. Okay, so I dug up this LA Times article from 1996. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what was the tea? And like, thank you, LA Times, for digitizing those articles. Right. Smack dab in the middle of the 90s. Okay. And when you hear, okay, so remember, this was written July 26, 1996, by Brian Lowry. Uh, he's a time staff writer. He says, the stars of Fox's New York Undercover were back on beat Thursday, ending a contract holdout that briefly delayed production on the police drama. Actors Malik Yoba and Michael DeLorenzo didn't report to work on Monday to begin shooting the program's third season. Mm-hmm. Universal Television, which produces the show, and ex- executive producer Dick Wolf played hardball in dealing with the pair's demands, which according to Wolf included, are you ready for this? I'm like, how dare you not give this to them? $75,000 per episode for one of the actors, more creative input, a gym, and a star trailer, and better food. Oh. Like, what was their craft services like for them to right. have to request better food? I'd like to include better food. So then it was like, okay, the salary estimate, uh, the salary is estimated to be about three times what the stars are making currently. And 
DeLorenzo also wanted assurances that he would be allowed to direct episodes of the series, which, as we know now, is a very common occurrence for actors. Mm -hmm. I know even in, like, the DC shows, there are, like, oh, well, we know, like, Michael Haywood wasn't, Harewood wasn't like in this episode as Martian Manhunter because he's going to be directing the next one. So he's kind of like preparing. So it was like, God, I think I said, called that man the wrong name. <laughs> but he's just the first one that popped into my mind. Uh, David Harewood? Her- <sighs> I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop now. Someone <laughs> tell me what it is. Uh, Just dig it a deeper hole. Yes, I know, I know. Foot, mouth. Okay, so it's estimated to be about three times what they're currently making. Uh, De Lorenzo also wanted assurance that, okay, I said that, that he uh, could direct episodes to show. The matter was resolved late Wednesday, Wolf said, reporting that the pair returned to work under the terms and conditions of their original agreement. Uh, And then he had, like, I'm not even going to dignify like what he said and record because it's one of those very like this is white hollywood and we're going to crush these actors of color they're not mm. going to make any money they threatened like universal filed a 1.2 million dollar suit against the actors uh alleging breach of contract and saying that delays in production cost $60,000 per day mm. Which, how often does that happen? I mean, like, how often do you hear, or did you hear even back then of, like, a, the, a show suing its own actors? Right. Just because they're requesting... Well, because they got called out publicly, and this is well before people were really calling them out for that kind of thing, you know? Mm. Um, and I wanted to get... Hold on, let's see. Da-da-da. He said some more hateful shit. He he as in Dick Wolf. Like, there are quotes mm. from Dick Wolf on here that I was like, fuck you, Dick Wolf. Fuck you. Then he says, observers think the undercover stars may have uh, been emboldened to hold out by the much publicized salary dispute involving NBC's friends, whose six cast members are seeking raises to more than a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars per episode. Weren't they making like a million dollars per episode by the by end the, of the show? By the end, yes. Yeah. Yes. So and this I don't was... think they were met with nearly, if any, backlash or, or uh, hesitation when it came to them requesting that. I, I just don't yeah. remember hearing it being like a thing. That, like there, were, there had, did not have to be any sort of like um, freeze out or any sort of like strike or whatever. I feel like they just never missed a beat with that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did have to go back to negotiate. But I'm like, sure as hell was not, like, sued <laughs> for, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then it goes on to talk about, like, them saying, well, Friends is this and that. And, and you know, New York Undercover this. Like, the same thing they do when they try to suppress, like, any kind of, like, actor or shows that have people of color in it. And it was like, oh, Friends is making all this money and it's already in syndication and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, y'all are, y'all are just on Fox and, you know, you're doing great for your demographic, but they, you know, they weren't doing anything to really help the show. And I mean, like, take care of your actors. 
I just, I don't know. So that, that kind of made me salty because I didn't know about a lot of that, uh, background stuff. Mm -hmm. So that lets you know. So I guess Malik Yoba was like, I'm going to get this check. Uh, I'm not happy. I'm going to write out this contract and then I'm going to go. Um, and I guess they just decided to kill off, uh, De Lorenzo's character at the end of season three. So I did not look at the, uh, episode list to see if like season four was shorter. I, I feel like it was a regular, like, like season one, two, three, were at least like a, a normal, like, 22 run i guess like that traditional 22 or whatever i guess that's something i would uh look up for myself (sighs) later i don't know if anyone else would be interested in that um but i just want to read this last piece from a complex article that uh that it says that is about this being the best cop show that no one's talking about julian kimball wrote this article um Two, de- two decades after it extended a hand to a neglected market by becoming part of the alternative to NBC's Story Thursday Night uh, programming block, I guess season four went to NBC? Hmm. I guess I'll have to look into that because it was definitely a Fox show. So... New York Undercover remains both a cult classic and a phenomenon. A few years back, there were rumors of Malik Yoba reviving the series, but uh, that will never happen and shouldn't. I would love, uh, I guess, because of all the drama. Uh, from the Tommy Hill figure that JC and Eddie wore, because like, that was a thing, you know, and that they were like decked out, um, to the slang and to the moments like, Brown Sugar era D'Angelo performing uh, the album's title track. Uh, New York Undercover is a a reflective of the 90s, a true visual time capsule. This forgotten relic is rarely mentioned in conversations about the best cop shows, but everyone who tuned in faithfully each Thursday night at 9 p.m., that would have been uh, Eastern time, knows how relevant, uh, necessary, and inventive it was and it was such a great show again because i saw people on the show that looked like me you had malik yoba who was a dark-skinned black man was leading the show and he is a a positive father figure to boot like it was great and again both he and jc were very 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 uh jc was his character's name uh De Lorenzo were very hot. And it was a show that my sister and I like watched together. If I was 11, she would have been 16. And like, that's, that's a, as like 11 year old and a 16 year old, you don't want to be in the same room with each other, but mm-hmm. we love that show and we watched it together. Oh yeah. So it's a great show. If you can find it, give it a watch. Uh, and then tell me where you found it because I well, want to watch it again. I was going to ask so you if you know if it's streaming anywhere. Well, I've been looking and I couldn't find it. Um, and my phone was being weird when I tried to check Amazon uh, Prime. But it, what, it didn't show up on Hulu. I know it's not on Disney+. Plus. It's interesting that it was a Fox show. 
because Dick Wolf's other shows were all NBC. Right. And I wonder if, if it made that transition to um, NBC in season four. I, was, I didn't even watch it. And I don't remember, I don't remember it past Delores' character being killed. I also wonder if the the issue with the contracts and then them being given what they were asking for, um, if that had any, if that had more to do with the network or more to do with Dick being a dick. <laughs> I think I mean? a little bit of both because like, Univer- didn't it say like universal let me get back to my notes let me get back to my notes uh my notes meaning the actual web pages because i didn't <laughs> <laughs> damn it yeah universal filed the lawsuit and then like dick wolf is just quoted as saying some bullshit mm-hmm. some stuff so he that, was like, not either way he was not supportive of his no, cast no um and deadline which i didn't read after i realized that it was uh not going to be revived i was just like i'm not going to read all of this but there's a deadline article that talks about um malik yoba doing a pilot of the show um on a, a reboot of the show um on abc and it wasn't uh it wasn't picked up so, so he did do it? He did do a pilot? It looks like there was a pilot, but it wasn't picked up. Interesting. Yeah. And I was like, I probably would have watched it. I, no, I definitely would have watched it. I definitely would have watched it. And uh, I recently saw Malik Yoba on an interview, um, and he was talking um, in reference to trans women, because he was like, I love all women. And he has dated trans women, which I think is so amazing that he was like, he comes out and he says that because, you know, trans women are, are being like, it's being murdered and people are like, I didn't know, you know, or like, Oh, they, there, there's still that like gay panic defense in many Mm -hmm. States. And these women are being murdered because people just don't want to like be found out of like you know dating trans women and mm. and for him to come out and be like women are women I find women beautiful and I I was just like oh that's so uh-huh. as like a cisgender straight man was able to you know like come is very public about it and that just oh like oh my god it Need beautiful. more of that, please. Yeah, I, I was very happy with that show, I, like with with that interview, and and uh, and with, yeah. So that was my show, everybody. That is very, you know, I am so, I'm so ashamed that I've never heard of that show before. Like, and I was, I'm, I was trying to think, like, what other Fox shows did I watch back then? And I don't know that I really, I th- wasn't, um, wasn't X-Files on Fox? X-Files was Fox. Um, they had Married with Children. They had, of course, The Simpsons. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think then, of like 
the 90s Fox. Hmm. Well, I know <laughs> Living Single Martin and New York Undercover was like a whole, whole situation. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I definitely watched Martin and X Files. Um, I'd never. I can't believe I've never really heard of, or at least don't remember New York Undercover. Um, and even the cover when you when you Google and look at the images from that show, the the posters and the the images, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the pro the promotional images. Yeah, they even have the same like style and font and vibe of law and order <laughs> yeah like it's it's almost like the same thing except mm -hmm. um a totally different network um yeah and and i'm wondering the vibe with like the tone of this show would you equate it a little bit to law and order no because you get so much more backstory with your detectives like i feel mm -hmm. like you don't on law and order you don't get anything about what's going on you would get like uh uh the dude's like family stuff every now and then yeah like, he would talk about his daughters and stuff like that but new york like that was part of the show and whereas like on law and order um at the top of the show like a jogger finds the body or whatever mm -hmm. you know how those shows start with new york undercover you see the crime happening you may not see the faces of the people committing the crimes, but you see the action. It's very stylized and there's no um, dialogue. It's all set to popular music. So that show really folded in that like 90s fabric. Like everything about that show was an echo of the time. That's what was like, it's a perfect visual time capsule. I was like, that's the best like that is such a great description of that show because it is very specific to that time at the end of the day it was a an amazing black-led television show um and what i like to think was a, a golden era of black television because we had so many great shows across several networks um in the 90s and um so lauren um Velez, Mm -hmm. um, she actually because um, I, I googled it because <laughs> I was very interested in seeing like the cast and stuff um, and Lauren Belez is actually she plays a uh, a cop also on uh, Dexter did oh. you ever watch that? Mm -mm. she actually plays Dexter's boss so she's a detective but she is uh, she's like a, a commander or a chief or something okay. like that um so she definitely, uh, I wonder if that's sort of like, a, uh, what's, what's the word that actors, when actors usually lean more towards a very particular type of character? I don't know. I haven't seen her in a lot of other things outside of like that, that kind of role. Except she are was thinking, in. Are you thinking typecast? Like when, maybe. when they're when they're like only selected for certain roles because of what they played in the past yeah but then i'm like i'm even thinking i think she's even in how to get get away with murder too right like isn't doesn't she have a role in 
in that, but I don't think she is a... Oh, I don't know. I don't think she's a... Um, I haven't seen what she looks like in a very long time. Actually, I, I saw like a small picture of, of De Lorenzo and I've seen like a recent interview of of uh, Malik Yoba and I was like, okay, he like aged, but he still is like a, a very attractive distinguished gentleman. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting. That's that's cool. I would I did want to uh, backtrack a little bit. I totally I, I should have included this, but I was looking up to to make sure that you could actually stream Firefly, and you can watch Firefly if you're interested on Hulu and Crackle, I believe. Mm, um, oh, Crackle. Mm-hmm. So if you have one of those, you can watch those on there um i actually i I don't think i own the tv series but i do own the movie serenity Mm. um so uh anyway i would i would recommend watch and i and absolutely new york undercover i wish that was streamable somewhere because it sounds very like enriched in the 90s and very Mm -hmm. like well, I did when I was Googling, I will say this. When I Googled it earlier, like, is this streaming or something like that? There was some uh, links to Xfinity uh, stream. There's a link to the first episode on something called dailymotion.com. Hmm. I wonder if that is, like, an illegal streaming site. <laughs> If it oh, is, gosh. don't click on it. Don't go to it. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, wait. This is near, might end up on NBC streaming. So, as of January seventeenth of twenty twenty, it looks like there was a short interview with uh, Malik Yoba talking about it possibly streaming on the Peacock service. I will, and there's like a free plan with commercials. I will download Peacock and possibly even pay for a month without commercials to watch this show. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, that's a good, that's a hefty watch. You've got four seasons. I may it. not watch past season three. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't even know if I have any interest in watching season four. I'm like, is it really uh, worth it for me to watch it once Taurus is, is, is murdered? I don't even know if I want to see that. Mm. I'm like, can I just stop it after the wedding? Can I just like pause it at the wedding and be done? And be like, this is it. (laughs) Everyone lived happily ever after. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, what are you currently watching right now, Keenan? I have been watching uh, (laughs) Once Upon a Time, like, hardcore. I forgot just through season one, I was like, hey, I forgot all this happened in season one. Although this were like several things I'm like, damn, this is still season one. Um, when that show is good, it's really good. And it gets really bad towards the end. But I'm gonna I'm gonna troop, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay through it. I'm in season three and I'm like, is this maybe the last good season or does it like start going downhill from here? I don't remember but I'm along for the ride. And I think once I finish watching this, I'm going to watch Grimm. Mm. You know, I've, 
I watched the first season of Grimm, and it was really interesting. I maybe mm-hmm. even watched the second season, too. I kind of faded out. I lost interest. I think I got sidetracked by Hannibal, whenever Hannibal. Oh, I never because, saw that. Oh, it's so good, Keenan. It's it's super creepy and intense. Like, mm. the acting on that show, like, the, the guy that plays Hannibal, I cannot, even if I could remember his name, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. Uh because I think it's like Russian or German, German or something, but right. um, it's is very good. It is a very, it has a very eerie tone, very similar to the films. Uh, but I would absolutely recommend that one too. Uh, but they were on, they aired around the same time, uh, and I think I just got sidetracked. Uh, like I left Grimm and started watching Hannibal, um, mm. and then like. I think Revolution was on at the same time, too. Revolution was on my list. Really? <laughs> Revolution was on my list. Yeah. Oh, I definitely, as as we've been talking about these, like, old shows that we would love to bring back, I've been thinking about more and more. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that yeah. would be a really good one to, like, to highlight, you know, because it's so short-lived. And um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of great TV out there that's just, like, was yes. cut so short that you're like, what? And there will be shows that were super popular that they, they were so good. Canceled. Do you remember? Did you ever watch Alcatraz? That why does that sound so familiar to me? It was like so. Whenever they were taking all the inmates off of Alcatraz when it closed as a prison, like something happened, and all the inmates and I think all the guards, like everyone, just disappeared. And I want to say like the history was covered up. And then all of a sudden, these criminals from Alcatraz start appearing. And so there's a group of people that are investigating it and trying to, like, get to the bottom of it. And when we're about to get some damn answers, gone. Like, my roommate Kelly and I at the time, like, we were all, like, we were, like, Alcatraz is coming on. <laughs> we were on it. Ugh. So uh... annoying. Yeah. Oh man, so much good TV just lost in the abyss yes. of poor decision making from mm-hmm. suits. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you might be pleased to know I am currently watching a show that you have talked about before. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, that I um it was on Netflix. And I was just like, you know, we would give this a watch. I, I just, I never knew much about it except that is a nurse. It was a show about a nurse who had a drug addiction. Nurse Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I started watching that. And, and at first I was like, was not sure if I was going to be really into it. Uh, uh-huh. because it has sort of a, it, I couldn't figure out. I'm like, is this a comedy or is it like a drama? I'm like, but it deals with substance abuse, and she mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. has some very questionable, like she makes some very questionable choices, <laughs> uh, like, doesn't she? But she's very fun to watch, uh-huh. and I really I was not familiar with Edie Falco uh, except that I knew of her from The Sopranos. I never watched The Sopranos, and um. But I'm like, I really like, I really like this character. I, 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 I've come to kind of enjoy the, the goofiness of it. There's a lot of like sort of comical elements to it, even though it deals overall with a very like serious like subject matter and addiction. But yeah. um, 
but yeah, it's it's very. I'm I'm probably I started binging it like uh, over the weekend maybe, and I'm already um, and we're almost to Friday now, and so I'm I'm already in season four. Um, oh, you you passed. I don't think I've seen more than two or three seasons. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah, I know I'm like not done with the show. Seven seasons. Oh, oh. fuck. Yeah, no, I've, there's a lot that I've not seen. I've only seen a few. And I don't know why I stopped watching it, because I thoroughly enjoy the show. But maybe I've seen seasons one through three, possibly just seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. But I loved everything. That, so I don't know why I stopped watching it. Probably started watching something else, or it was streaming somewhere, or, or I, don't, I don't remember. But yeah, that's awesome. It's such a good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, all when right. You finish that. You need to look up United States of Terra. I have been eyeing that actually. It is one of those I keep coming across on um, on Hulu or HBO Max or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it an HBO show? I, I believe it was. Or I guess is if it's on. Yeah, I, I believe so. It's it's one that I also have not finished. I probably have seen three, maybe four seasons. Like it's it's such a wild ride and and an interesting story about mental illness, mm. um, dissociative identity disorder. Mm. Yeah, it looked really yeah. fascinating. Um, and so yeah, so now I definitely have some that are that I've added to my list to kind of follow up on. Yeah. Well, I guess we can close this bitch out with some socials. Oh, if yeah. you're interested in following us on Twitter, you can fo- follow the rewind at the rewind underscore pod. Um and you can also check out our website. Um, oh, I should probably tell them. We should probably tell them about the Instagram. I always forget that. Yeah, one. I was going <laughs> to say, hey, tell them about the IG. <laughs> yeah. The Instagram is uh, at the Rewind Podcast. Um, so follow us there. Uh, we are always dropping clips um, when we actually have shows that have not been fucked over by Skype. Um, <laughs> we drop clips. <laughs> you can't see it, but Keenan is throwing multiple birds <laughs> in the air because it's, it's such a godforsaken headache. It's okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> now he's flipping off God. <laughs> I'm not flipping off God. I'm flipping off the cloud. The cloud. F you, cloud. Yeah, and Kini, you want to tell them where they can shoot us an email at? Yes, of course. So why don't you all shoot us a little email at therewindpodcast1 at gmail.com because someone has the Rewind Podcast that they're probably even using. Mm. Anyways, we're just going to be number one. And I'm probably going to complain about that every time I have to say the email (laughs) address um, because I'm sure you all know that it's annoying. Uh, so, Jonah, why don't you tell them where they can find you on your personal socials? So, you can find me uh, at Quirky Rider Guy on Twitter and Adventures of Jonah on Instagram. I also have a um, TikTok that you can follow me at. It's uh, at JS Taylor Writes. And 
I have a very eclectic um, pile of content there that I drop between like my creative content, like poetry and stuff like that. And like a lot of content of my dog. Um, and I think the dog seems to be the more popular <laughs> of the content than anything else that I post. So I'll probably just turn it into his TikTok at some point. He's way more so many followers. Well, people just <laughs> right. love people love animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Keenan? Well, if you're interested to know what I got going on. You can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at the KT Walker. Um, on my Instagram, I have links to two other Instagram accounts that are all uh, original photography pieces. Like I don't share memes or anything like that there. Like it's all original stuff. Uh, one is more focused on queer content, and uh, the other is just all around photography so i'll probably throw everything there but one is going to be specifically for telling queer stories if uh people say hey i want to tell you a story no one has responded yet well a couple of people have but they're already up (laughs) so um it's something that i hope to continue building but anyway yeah but if you go to the kt walker on instagram you'll see links to the others there. And if you decide to follow me, I'll be excited. Yeah, me too. Same. It's not, I mean, like, it was, I, I'm not saying that I kind of live for new follows and I'm on my social every day, but I'm also not, not you living for it. say <laughs> that you aren't. I get it. I get it. No, I it mean, is, it's... It is, it's been equated to drugs like you get a rush of dopamine when you get a like or a follower that is why these things yeah. i'm holding my cell phone into the camera that is why these things are not good for you i guess but yeah i love it it's it is absolute crack <laughs> it's like tech crack yeah um well you know what i think i think um i think you guys should be kind And please rewind. Goodbye. Bye now. Just be kind and listen to the rewind.